Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Big Fight Reaction Show. I'm your host, Sean, and I'm joined by Chris, who is back on to talk about what has been an eventful weekend in the sport of boxing because of the fight that we covered, which was Mauricio Lara, Lee Wood, WBA featherweight title on the line. We was expecting a barnstormer. We certainly got a barnstormer, but it's not like boxing to give us any controversy of course it is boxing always gives us some level of controversy and this fight chris at the end of it it gave us a huge controversial moment that has divided opinion across the boxing world so for anybody that hasn't seen the fight lee wood was pretty much up on the cards until he got caught with a left which is something we're going to talk about which we mentioned in the preview a left from lara that rocked him to his boots put him right on the floor he struggled to get up he did get up stumbled to his corner getting to the count of eight as they give him the standing eight count the referee's checking on him to see whether he's okay to continue and Ben Davidson throws the towel in. Now, it's at this moment that the controversy ensues because Lee Wood, obviously, fighter's instincts, wants to continue, and many people, including myself, felt like it was the right decision. However, Chris, I'm going to bring you in at this point now because we was having a conversation off-air last night as the fight was happening and at the end of the fight, and now you've had time to reflect upon what's happened. Ultimately, what did you see as the outcome being, was it a right outcome, was it a wrong outcome, could have things been different in that moment, or have you got any other opinions that you wanted to express regarding the end of the fight? The end of the fight was was as stunning as the fight. When we look at the uh, the, the two guys and we looked at the matchup prior to it, you know, we all thought we were going to get a, a barnstormer, and that's exactly what we got. 
the fight, <laughs> they were so evenly matched at, at certain points through the fight. Certainly in the first two rounds, you know, it was very, very cagey. Um, we thought that we might see a couple of cagey rounds. We also thought we might see a, com- a complete war. We got both. You know, I just think it was it was a fight that lived up to expectations. The finish, as you correctly say, Sean, was, was very interesting. Both of them went to throw left hooks. Lee Wood was just that little bit slower as he threw the shot. Maritsu Olara landed, and it landed really heavily. When he went down, it was one of those shots, you looked at it and you thought, there's no way he's going to get back up here so quickly. And he did. And, 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 and I think he was on his feet by the time that the referee had picked up the count from the timekeeper. I think it was about four when Lee Wood actually got to his feet. And when he initially got up, he stumbled. And I thought to myself, we've, we've, we've just got to see Michael Alexander wave this off. But then he kind of composed himself within the next two to three seconds, which isn't a long space of time, as we know. And I thought, is, is Michael Alexander actually going to let this fight go on? Because Wood just looked completely gone. So when he actually waved two together, I was thinking to myself, is, is Alexander conscious of the time here? Because it was 2.54 when the fight was actually officially stopped. So he would have been able by that point to have heard the timekeeper knocking on the canvas as we do in the UK. So was he actually giving them the benefit of the doubt because of what had happened previously with Wood and Conlon? Because I actually thought the knockdown was very reminiscent, very similar to the heavy knockdown which he suffered against Conlon in round one of their bout. So the, the, the question is, was Mike Alexander fully aware of the time? You know, Ben Davidson ultimately stopped it. But it does lead on to what is a good stoppage, what is a bad stoppage. And it got me thinking about what would have actually happened in the changing room previous to the fight. Because one of the things which the, the, the viewers, the listeners might not realise is prior to the fight, Michael Alexander would have went in and he would have said to both guys, I'm fully aware of, of what your styles are. I've probably watched you. I understand that you have both come forward, big punchers. And this is what I will do in the instance of one of you getting cut. This is what I'll do in the instances of one of you getting knocked down. So Alexander has probably studied both guys and actually is fully aware that Lee Wood is able to recuperate quite quickly and has done so in previous fights. So I think there's a lot to actually bring into the conversation here, which we'll do as we go along. But initially I thought to myself, looked very, very um, quick to jump in by, by Ben, but he knows his fighter better than anybody. you know. But I think when you look back at how Lee Wood came back against Conlon, it does seem a very, very quick stoppage because you're thinking... Does Ben Davison know something we don't? Does he not have any faith in his fighter? It's a world title fight. Should he have given him a little bit of extra time? So there's many, many questions. Ultimately, for me, I think the stoppage was correct because you just can't take a, a chance with a puncher like Lara. And the one thing about Lara, even though Wood had started to box him and he was ahead in the cards, Lara was hurting him every time he got clean. What, what, what about you, Sean? What, what did you ultimately think of the stoppage now that you've had a chance to, to watch it back a number of times? Well, I still feel like it was the right call at that moment in time. It's it's difficult. And then we were talking about this last night over messages where, you know, if, if Ben Davison wouldn't have threw the towel in, Michael Alexander looked like he was clearly going to allow the fight to carry on, which with the amount of seconds left on the clock, which was people were saying it was 10 seconds exactly left on the clock, 
would that have been enough time for him to see out the round and be able to have that minute between the rounds to compose himself? So the arguments that I've seen back and forward on social media is, no, it, it wouldn't have been enough time for him to have cleared his head, regardless of what you think about his powers of recovery. And then the other argument is, actually, you know, he would have had enough time to have been able to hang on for that round by tying him up, getting him in the corner, keeping himself smothered, and then he would have been able to have the chance to have that rest in between and compose himself and go again. So yeah. it is it is difficult because, you know, th there could have been a different scenario where if it would have been allowed to have gone on and someone like a Mauricio Lara, who's a great finisher, as we know, he probably would have had the opportunity to lay a few more heavy punches on Leeward before that bell, that 10 seconds, was up. Now, if that would have been the case and Leeward would have suffered then another heavy knockdown, which, you know, maybe we're clutching at straws a little bit, but it happens, he could have led to an injury. It could have led to a potential brain injury. And that that's the safety element of why sometimes a fighter's corner will throw the towel in. Now, Ben Davidson's logic behind this is obviously he knows his fighter. He spends years in the gym with this fighter and he knows what he's capable of, what he's not capable of, what his flaws are, what his strengths are. And he saw something there in Lee Wood where he's obviously felt compelled to put the towel in regardless of how many seconds are left on the clock. And he also would have heard that knock on the canvas to signify the last 10 of the round so he's ultimately made the decision people say it was a, a bad decision but there's a lot of boxers and a lot of people within the sport that are saying it's a very good decision and that essentially what they've done is they've saved lara not saved lara saved wood sorry for another day rather than yeah. him then getting brutalized by mauricio lara what you've got to think about is something Ben Davidson said in an interview with Boxing Social following the Peturbiev and Yard fight a few weeks ago. And he talks about variables in fights like this, about it depends on the fighter, it depends on the fighter that your fighter's facing, it depends on what time it is in the round, it depends on the powers of recovery of this fighter. And people try putting that on social media and saying it's a bit of hypocrisy from Ben. But I don't think it is because he's assessed that situation there and then and made a decision. And he feels it was the right decision. And I feel it was the right decision because Mauricio Lara would have finished that fight. I've got no doubt that Mauricio Lara, where where the fight was being allowed to continue, was in Lee Wood's corner. So the first thing Mauricio Lara would have done was backed him straight into that corner and would have mm -hmm. thrown everything and the kitchen sink at him. And if he would have landed with another heavy shot again, it could have caused something more serious. And that, as, as a fan... I don't want to see a boxer get hurt seriously like that. I think if yeah. he was he was saved for another day like he has been, and there is a rematch clause in the contract, there's no reason why Lee Wood cannot come again in this fight because he was winning that fight. He was going up to that point when it happened. He was winning the fight. He got caught. He got caught because mm -hmm. he was slower off the mark, as you said, Chris. So yeah. it happens. He got caught cold. It, it really it just happens. And unfortunately for Lee... Unfortunately for Lee, Chris, it's a moment that he's just going to have to reflect upon and hopefully come again from. So I'm just going to hand this back to you now, Chris, and just sort of say, this is what I think about it. I think it was the right thing, but it's divided a lot of people's opinions within boxing. So having mm -hmm. sort of witnessed what people are saying about it, can you agree with both sides of it? Or can you just sort of make a definitive decision and say, actually, look, this is it. His decision's been made. He can come again and he can learn from his mistake. 
Yeah, I think one of the things what you've got to do is if you're a boxing fan or, you know, if you're a boxing analyst, as, as, as we here are, we'll call ourselves that for want of a better word, you've got to sit back and watch it and, and, and sit back and watch it and say, right, what actually happened? So I watched it this afternoon probably about five or six times different ways. I watched it with the sound off, first of all. I watched it with a stop clock going as well because I thought initially the count was quite quick. Um, so I wanted to to just get myself actually fully up to speed with just how long Lee would got. Just out of interest, from the moment his backside hit the canvas to the moment it was waved off, he got 14 seconds. So he actually got a fair count. Um, I, I looked at it from a number of different angles and then I thought back to a number of different fights as well. We've seen fights stopped over the years. You know, we're probably thinking Meldrick Taylor Chavez is probably one of the, the, the most famous, Carol Frotch, Jermaine Taylor, all these different fights. And, and you then start to put it into context. It was a world title fight. Did he deserve the opportunity to come back and fight? But was he hurt? And the answer to the question, which is most important, was was he hurt? And if Michael Alexander had have immediately bent down and waved that fight off when Leewood went down, I would have had no issue with that. And, and I don't think anybody would have. And I don't think that anybody would have had any criticism over the refereeing or Ben Davison if Michael Alexander had waved it off. And, and he was in his right to do that because Leewood was gone. Leewood was very brave. It was also very stupid in some respects because he got up so quickly. And, and, and Leewood... Heavy knockdown, bounced almost straight back up on his feet. You know, he should have given himself a little bit of time, maybe take a knee if, if possible, you know, but then again, look over at his corner. He didn't really react when Michael Alexander asked him anything either. And that's what surprised me that Michael Alexander was actually going to let the fight go on. He didn't put his gloves up. And that's another thing that Michael Alexander would have said to them in the changing room beforehand. If you get knocked, I'll send other fighter to a, neutra, a neutral corner. I'll pick up the count. I will then ask you to walk forward or put your hands up. It is very clear. They do it in every rules meeting, every referee meeting. So they would have all known the, 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 the rules here. But Alexander asked him to do that and he didn't. So I was very, very surprised when he actually let it go on. But having watched it now and looked back at some of the comms from, say, Tony Bellew, who's been very critical of it because it's a world title fight. And yeah, Tony Bellew's always like that. A fighter should go out on his shield. They should be carried out of the ring, blah, 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 blah. No, they shouldn't. A fighter should never be carried out of the ring. They're brave. That is what they do. They do stuff that me and you couldn't do in terms of professional boxing at the, the, the highest level. You know, they're almost superhuman. Lee Wood's in that kind of category where he'll fight anybody, as we've said in the previous show. Sometimes they've got to be saved from themselves. And I think that's exactly what you said. Ben Davidson seen something, whether it was in the legs, because he did stumble when he initially got up, didn't he? And his legs looked really, really rigid and solid. You know, so it, it was one of those things where I think Ben Davidson seen something He's at ringside. He's got three, four seconds to make a call. He made the call, saved his fighter for another day. I don't want to be sitting here talking about another fighter being seriously injured. So it was the right call and they can come again. And who knows what went through Ben Davison's head at that point. He certainly wasn't thinking about a rematch, but he saved Wood for the rematch. He's got his fighter the opportunity to fight another day. So was it the right call? 100%. Wood was very hurt. And it doesn't matter whether there's one second, one minute, Two minutes left in the round. If someone sees that their fighter's hurt, they shouldn't let it go on. So for me, right call. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, I, I've not gone against that decision that I made. And I openly posted it out on Twitter last night. And, you know, most people 
you know, they agreed with it. You get one individual that sort of said it was a load of bollocks um, and that it's a championship fight and all the sort of cliche excuses that you expect to hear from what I would say is totally uneducated boxing fans. Um, you can't you can't just sort of say, well, it's a championship fight, let's just let it carry on. You know, these are also the same hypocrites that would sit there and be the first to say, oh, it should have been stopped if there would have been a serious injury sustained by Lee Wood as a result of the fight being allowed to go on. And it's the same with journalists as well. And I'm not going to sit here and slander certain journalists, but there were certain people that were very vocal on social media, on Twitter in particular last night, who were sort of dividing opinion. And I felt like it was on purpose, to be honest with you. I felt like it was they wanted to grab the sort of attention of the social media platform at the time. And they were sort of saying things like it was a disgrace. And With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You know, all this sort of stuff, and I'm thinking, no, you know, you've been in this sport long enough. You've been covering this sport long enough to know that these decisions are so, so important at crucial moments like this. It wasn't a complete farce. You rightly said, Chris... If Michael Alexander would have waved that off when he got dropped, none of us would have probably sat there and gone, do you know what, that was a bad decision. We probably all would have gone, do you know what, that was fair enough. He was he was really put out. He really was put out. And it reminded me of when Manny Pacquiao landed that left on Ricky Hatton and put mm-hmm. him down in the same fashion. It was very eerily identical to that. However, Lee Wood was able to get up quite quickly, whereas Hatton, Hatton was done. You know, he was cooked in that in that fight. Lee Wood had the powers to be able to get back up onto his feet, but he was clearly done. He was clearly yeah. done at this point. So, yeah, safety is paramount at the end of the day. And I think Ben Davidson, I think, has made a good decision. And people will hopefully in the future look back on that and go, do you know what? For all the criticism he gets, Ben Davidson, he'll actually get positivity around making a good decision. But it, made, yeah. it makes for an interesting rematch now because of the fact, the way the fight was going at the time. We mentioned earlier about how the fight was a bit back and forward, but I think at the point that the actual fight got to this point where the the shot had landed, I think Lee Wood was was in control of the fight at this point. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you agree or you don't, but I I, I, I think he was. 
yeah, 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 yeah. For, for for us, as we said, we were texting each other during the fight. We were both enjoying it. In our preview show, we actually said that Maurizio Lara's favourite shot was was the left hook. And when um, Lee Wood came out, as I texted you last night, you could see that Lee Wood he had his right hand was almost up at his chin completely. And if he took it down, and if he forgot about it, he put it straight back up again. So they knew what the danger shot was from Lara. And after a couple of you know heavy rounds, you know, because even though rounds one and two were actually very very quiet in terms of huge shots landing, you know, both of them still landed big shots. You know, Lee Wood was landing with the right hand at times. Lara was landing with his left. To me, it looked like Lee Wood's nose was broken very early on because the blood was streaming. He then got a cut earlier on and, and, and he kept rubbing his nose and touching his nose. So at one point I was thinking, is Lee Wood actually even going to get through to round five? But then in round three, I thought he started to, to, to dominate the fight a little bit at range and he kept to a very, very strict boxing regime and he was throwing nice shots he was his backhand was nice and at various points he looked like he had hurt Maurizio Lara and uh, I actually thought the fight was warming up really nicely but you always got the impression didn't you Sean that if Lara started to land he would hurt him and you always got even though they're big punchers both of them you always got the impression that Lara was the bigger puncher and that he just needed to land once or twice and Leewood would be hurt again it was badly marked up as well by uh, by the end of round three. And you, you, you were beginning to see his face was covered in welts. That cut was there and started to stream. But Lara, you know, very, very dirty fighter as well. Let's, let, let's be honest. He was using elbows in there. He was rubbing his head and he was using the butt of the, the, the heel of the glove as well at one point. You know, he made sure that he was roughing Lee Wood up. But as we said in the preview as well, Wood started to do similar things as as to what I thought he would do. You know, he started pushing down on Lara at times as well, and he started to dominate behind the jab. He was working his his um, left to the body quite well, and and both of them were actually throwing nice body shots. So it was actually a hell of a fight. And and one thing which we shouldn't actually take away from is that it was a hell of a fight. Forget the ending. You know, up to that point, it was an evenly matched contest, fully drama. And I would definitely love to see them have the rematch. And Leewood deserves it. He deserves his, his, his shot because in his head, he is now thinking, can I outbox Lara? Can I keep going for 12 rounds the way I did? You know, we thought, could there be an issue with ring rust? Could there be an issue with, with weight for Leewood? He actually looked really good up to the up to the point when he got stopped. Yes, he'd been hurt. Yes, he'd been cut. But he was dominating the fight in parts. But Lara was a danger man. He but was. what was interesting as well is, you know, after the fight, you know, and I've seen it now a couple of times from a couple of different angles, Lara still had the wherewithal to go over to Josh Warrington, spat at him, which is never never a good thing, you know, and, uh, you know, re- really went at Josh Warrington. So, you know, he's booking another few paydays in the UK, isn't he, Lara? You know, a real danger, man. And, and you've got to think back at the danger that, that Lara poses. You know, he put Josh Warrington in hospital. He burst his jaw, he burst his eardrum. You know, and now Tilly Wood, I'm 100% sure he's broke his nose and he's he's knocked him out very, very heavily. This guy is a danger man at featherweight, really is. So the question I asked on social media last night, and I'll ask the same question again to you now, Chris, is after his win last night over Lee Wood, does that make him, Mauricio Lara, 
the best featherweight in the division at the moment. Now, before you answer that question, I'm just going to point out that even though Ray Vargas lost last week, he lost at a different weight category. So he's still technically undefeated at featherweight at the moment. Now, the Ring magazine still have Ray Vargas at number one and have now elevated Maurizio Lara to number two with Mark Magazzaio behind him. Now, does Mauricio Lara warrant being the best featherweight in the division? Or do you agree with what the ring is saying? Do you think he now elevates himself to number two? And for him to be classed as the best in that division, he needs to beat Ray Vargas. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because as you correctly say, Ray Vargas lost last week at super featherweight. You know, so very, very little difference between the two. But it was a different weight, and he still is the WBC champion. So, you know, when you've, uh, you you look at the, the rankings there, you know, who have we got? We've got Brandon Figueroa is number one, according to, to BoxRec. Lara versus Figueroa would be a war, but Figueroa probably doesn't have the punch to keep him off. At the moment, you then start to look down and you've got Vargas versus Magaseo. Well, they've already fought and Vargas won that fight. You've then got Lopez who beat Josh Warrington, Josh Warrington himself, Lee Wood, Isaac Doggo, you know. Where would you put Lara there? At the moment, you probably got to put him at number one for for the very, very fact that he's already beaten Josh Warrington and he's now just beat Lee Wood. So, you know, with with, with Fargus getting beat, even though it was at the different weight, for me, I would actually instill him as number one. Very interesting. I think people will probably agree for the most part on that. Actually, I think I I kind of stick him at number two. I think I'm sticking I'm sticking with Ray at number one at, at this moment. But with Magzio fighting Figueroa very shortly, Magzio then possibly could be sort of elevated back into number two. It depends on on the parameters of how these ranking systems are done. Every company does them completely different and takes different things into consideration. But I think I would still say Ray Vargas is at number one personally. So the next question is going to be really now is, is the fight with Maurizio Lara and Josh Warrington more appealing to have next or is it just straight in for an immediate rematch? I go with the immediate rematch personally but there is always money involved when it comes down to needle between two fighters and after that disgusting performance of Maurizio Lara spitting at Josh Warrington it certainly makes for a really interesting third bout between the two. You got the first bout, which obviously Josh Warrington loses, gets stopped. The second bout obviously ended prematurely, and you got no decider in that one. And then you get really this this third fight where there's still this needle between them. And apparently it's because, in Warrington's words, he apparently has insulted Maurizio Lara's family, and which Warrington said on the broadcast last night, he don't even know what he's done to upset him that badly, but apparently he has. So, you know, is there, is there a possibility that it's going to end up being Lara versus Warrington next for the WBA? Or would you really just want to see the immediate rematch? Because I know that's what I'd want to see. Yeah, I think for me, you've got to actually just go straight for the immediate rematch here. When you actually break the, the fight down, uh, as we did earlier on, you know, Lee Wood was, was doing well in the fight. He, he had the blueprint to beat Lara. The difference is Lara's got the equaliser, but so does Lee Wood. The Lara versus Warrington saga, I kind of feel like we've been there and done it. And maybe if Josh had still retained his world title, which he'd um, won against Kiko but lost against Lopez, then maybe we could have actually said 
let's go straight into a unification fight. He will add on Warrington and have the, the epic encounter for um, number three. But Lee Wood deserves his shot more than anything. And, and I think the fact that Josh lost in his last fight, I think he's got to go straight to the rematch clause. Eddie should be working for that one and making sure that he gets Maurizio Lara versus Lee Wood. Gets it at the city ground because that's what Lee Wood wants. It's his dream. You know, we seen last night just how much it meant to him. He was in tears. Again, he was in tears in the dressing room afterwards. You know, people want to to get behind a fighter. They want to get behind a, a good champion. And that's exactly what Lee Wood is. He's good for the local area in Nottingham. And I, I think that regardless of what happened last night, let's give him his dream and give him that city ground fight in the summer and make it against Maurizio Lara. And let's see who is the, ultimately the better man. You know, in rematches, we tend to see the same victory, but we tend to see it quicker. That's the way that the history books have always actually shown rematches to occur when you sit and break them down. So I probably think that we would see Maurizio Lara win the rematch. The, the history books have shown that usually the person who wins the first fight wins the second fight just quicker. And I think what we would see is could Lee Wood do anything better in the in the second fight? Probably not. Maurizio Lara, whoever knows he can hurt him with any shot, and I think that that would be the difference in the rematch. And I think that we'd see Lara opening up a little bit earlier and just trying to get the job done very, very quickly. So I think it makes sense, the Warrington fight at one point. But at the moment, we would got to get that rematch. Yeah, I agree with that, Chris. And I think that's where we'll park this conversation with Lee Wood and Maurizio Lara and move on just to some of the other performances and fights on this particular card. Two fighters in particular we were looking out for on this was Dalton Smith and Gary Culley. Starting with Gary Culley then, Chris, uh, didn't he put on a performance last night and made his stock rise even more with that TKO over Wilfredo Flores last night? He's looking really good. He was another one we were speaking about last night over messages where we were saying, you know, like there's some really good fights for him now, like domestically with the guys in the UK, you could really get into some, some great fights going forward. And he just, he keeps racking up the victories. The opposition, pretty decent opposition is getting put in the ring with. I think it's now time to look at one of these guys in the lightweight division domestically and say, look, you know, we need to get some really good matchups for him and, and sort of push him even further forward. But last night he was just destructive and looked really good. And I was very impressed with that performance from Cully. Yeah, I was as well. And I think when we seen him standing up against um, Flores, he just looked absolutely massive and, and obviously is. And we, we said last night to each other, you know, we could see him actually filling out to welterweight. You know, obviously at the moment he's a lightweight. What surprises you is just how thin his legs look. But then again, when you've seen Tommy Hearns as a young fighter, as a welterweight, you know, he was very much the same. He had very, very thin legs, broad shoulders, huge punch. And, and Gary Cully actually last night, not necessarily stole the show, but he, on the undercard, I thought he performed so well and he was the best on the undercard. And I just thought that he, he dealt with Flores quickly. There was no messing around. His movement was good. He actually boxed in and out. And well, one of the things which I noticed about Cully last night was one second he was out of range. Then the next minute he was in range and landing big shots. And then he was already moving back 
by the time his shot had landed. You know, his boxing skills are underrated as well. So I actually thought it was a real, really classy performance for someone having their 15th fight. He picks up the Intercontinental belt for the WBA and gets some ranking points there. And it was interesting to see that they're going to actually make him the chief support when Katie Taylor fights Amanda Serrano over in Ireland. I think he'll get a great reception over there, but what a future he's got. And uh, yeah, I was very, very impressed with, with how he actually performed. And, you know, when you look at the, the difference in weight, you know, he was 134 last night, Dalton Smith 139. What an appealing contest that is. You know, and uh, I think if they market that correctly and keep that one on the, the, the back burner maybe for a year or so, Dalton Smith, Gary Cully could be something quite special in future. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that would be a good fight. Uh, definitely a, a slow burner as things stand at the moment. And it makes sense to talk about Dalton Smith last night. I mean, we talked about Billy Allington, how much we felt it was a, a mismatch of a fight. And I think there was definitely moments in it where I was sat there watching it at home and I was thinking, you know what, Chris was sitting here last week and saying, this is a bit of a mismatch. And there were moments where it really did look like it. But then I think what, for me, I looked at was Smith and his performance and why he wasn't able to put him away. I think Allington was there for the taking last night and he, for whatever reason, Smith just didn't seem to be able to finish the fight. Now, I know at the end of the fight, he said, I wanted the rounds, I've got the rounds in, etc. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of great and that's really good. And if that was their plan, then fair play to them. If that's the plan they wanted to go the distance with him, then he's obviously carried Allington throughout the course of that fight to go the distance. But... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I think it would have been more impressive if he looked more emphatic. The fact that Sam Maxwell was on the card earlier and got a points decision and that fight's being mooted as the fight between them two next, Smith and Maxwell, you'd think that he'd want to put a little bit of a statement on knowing that Maxwell was there studying his potential foe in the future and Smith could have easily had Allington out of there earlier on. So that being said, Chris, I thought it was a controlled performance. I thought he, he did some good work inside of the ring, but it can only be as good as the opponent that he's facing. And Allington isn't at the level of, of a Sam Maxwell. And this is a fight that you mentioned last week would be a really good fight for Dalton Smith next. And it's looking pretty good for that fight happening next. So I just want to know what you thought of the fight last night and, of course, the, the future fight between Smith and Maxwell. I was actually a little bit disappointed with Dalton Smith over the course of the 12 rounds. I thought he did some things which were really excellent in certain parts of the fight. If you looked at the first kind of four rounds of the fight, I thought all he's doing here is he's looking for his openings. He's continually pushing Billy Allington back. He was taking little inch steps forward all the time and his footwork actually looked really good. And as you say, Sean, he looked really controlled. And then I thought, right, round four opens up. He's going to start um, firing shots at Allington and, and take him out. And we did see flashes of brilliance in those uh, earlier rounds, round four, round five from Dalton Smith. But then he just seemed to shut off. 
And in Allington, I thought that the, the the commentators were probably making Allington out to have been doing a little bit better than he actually was. I thought he was very busy, but he didn't actually throw a great deal. And a lot of his movement was more defensive rather than offensive. So when we actually break it down, yeah, I, I was genuinely perplexed by the performance. But it just shows you as well, if you've got that golfing class, you know, every fighter is dangerous or every fight is dangerous because now Dalton Smith goes into Sunday morning with a cut and he didn't need to take that cut. He just did not need to get cut last night because he should have controlled the fight and took Allington out quicker. He had everything in his arsenal to take him out. He could have, you know, really put the foot down. But for some reason, there was just something stopping him. And, and I find that a little bit unusual. You know, we, we, we said in the preview as well that Dalton Smith at times, you know, has that nasty streak about him. He had it last night. He smashed his foreign, forearm into Allington. He lifted him up at one point like the WWE and slammed him down. You know, there was head movements there where, where he was actually pushing his head into Allington as well. So he's got everything. He's got spite. He's got boxing. He's 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 got range and movement. But last night, he just couldn't pull the trigger. And it was a perplexing performance from someone who I think we all expected better from. Sam Maxwell in undercard. Yeah, he looked good in undercard. He got his job done, you know. And maybe it's a case that Dalton Smith might fight to the level of the opposition. We've seen it before, you know. And and I was thinking that as we watched the fight last night. Does he just bring himself down to the level of the opposition? Knows what he knows, does what he does to win but doesn't necessarily push himself. And if so, will he get found out when he goes up to the highest level? Because if you put that performance on against one of the world's top 10, then you would have to say that Dalton Smith would have got beat last night. Yeah, I agree. I think he's got a little bit of learning still to do. And I think a fight against someone like a Sam Maxwell will certainly help him move himself forward within his career. Uh, there is a few other results I wanted to mention in this episode. I'm not going to go too deep into them because there's quite a few different results from across the UK and the US really to mention. I will just make a little moment to just say Chevon Clark. Had a good performance against Israel Dufus last night. I thought it was a, a much-needed victory for him in the sense that he needed the experience in that fight to be able to move his career forward. He's still very early on in his career and people's expectations of Clark are quite high. At the moment, I'm just watching him progress. I'm happy with, with his progression and I think as time goes on, I think he will start to really refine and polish what he's doing. Gamal Yafai lost last night. A bit of an upset there on the card. Gamal Yafai losing his attitude in the corner was something that people were pointing out last night i don't again don't want to go too much into it because i'm conscious that we've got a few other results to just mention and any other talking points from those results that we want to mention uh, elsewhere on the card kieran conway and janaid boston got victories as well and a debut win for aaron bowen now on friday David Adelaide got a highlight reel KO and you sent it me through actually on WhatsApp. It was funny because I'd seen it and then you sent it and I was just like, man, this is just a peach of a shot. Uh, but he's looking, he's looking really good. I just, I feel like maybe, you know, he, he needs to be moved a little bit further along. I'm not too sure if you agree with that, but I know he's had like sort of 10, 11 fights now. I'm kind of feeling like the opposition now needs to be, pushed a little bit higher for him to start getting a bit more experience. What did you make of the highlight real KO? But more importantly, does he need that move up now? 
Yeah, he, he does need that move up. And, and I think they were trying to do that with uh, Bezos when, when he fought on Friday night. It was a hell of a, a shot, you know what I mean? And it, it was beautiful, first and foremost. And, and it made you think, this is why we love heavyweight boxing so much. You know, sometimes heavyweight boxing, we watch it and we think, why is this a showcase for boxing? Because it's dull, it's slow. And then you see something like that and you just think, wow. You know, so it's one that's going to actually live with him throughout his whole career. But it was a step up. He was fighting, and he was he he was two hundred and thirty three. Bezos was two hundred and sixty four pounds, so a much much bigger man, and he managed to do that. Bezos was 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 undefeated as well. So going into the fight, it, it, it looked on paper like it could be a good uh, good tear up, but it was just a just a clinical finish, and I, I really enjoyed watching the the finish over and over again. I, I just thought it was one of these fights which, as I say, it lived long in the the memory for the KO. People will long forget Bezos's name. But it was just a, it was a great shot. Where does he go now, though? You know that that that's the thing. The heavyweight division in the UK, it's it's got some talent there. Fabio Wardley would be quite a nice little fight, but uh, you know we'll probably not see that. You know Jack Massey, who done well against um, Parker, you know that might be a nice little fight for him as well. But really, at the moment, they're going to have to look overseas to to get him some educational fights because you wouldn't put him in. I think with someone like a, a Johnny Fisher, you know that 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 would just be too dangerous for for both. You know, even big Steve Robinson, you know. You know, he, he's very limited in what he's got. So when you start to look down, you know, Fraser Clark is, is going his own path. And, you know, while we do have someone like David Allen back, again, you know, it would kind of feel like that would be a victory there for, you know, uh, Adelaide without too much commotion in the ring. So, you know, yeah, we're going to have to look overseas to get him his education and his learning. Where can he go at the moment? He looks good European level. You know, I'm not sure about world level, but we'll watch his career and we'll watch it progress and maybe in a year we'll, we'll have a different view on him. Yeah, absolutely. It is all about some of these fighters and, and the learning journeys that they're on. And when they do get to certain points, you do want to see them move along. And, you know, it's fighters like Mark Chamberlain, who was also on the undercard. He goes to 12-0 and after a KO against Vario Lenti, IBF European lightweight title there in that fight as well. And it was a good learning fight again for him, but he looks like he needs a step up. And there's some fighters where you look at them and you go... I think it's time now. I think it's time they moved on. And Henry Turner was also on there. He got a good win. Cal Fail, Adnan Mohamed, Chris Bork, Royston Barney-Smith all got good victories on that particular card on the Friday. And then on the Saturday, we've mentioned obviously some of the fights on the card that we've been discussing, the Wooden Lara card. But in America, Luis Neary got an 11th round KO against his opponent, Aznat Havanisan. It was a really competitive fight. I watched the fight back today. I didn't watch it in the early hours because I was asleep. And I was deciding that I'm going to watch this in the morning. And I'm going to feel when I'm fully refreshed, I'll be able to enjoy the fight. And I actually did enjoy the fight. I thought it was a really competitive fight between the two of them. And Neary got the victory. And he'll be looking to, to move forward now in that super bantamweight division pushing forward for a title shot once more. Uh, Shane Mosley Jr. on the undercard got a victory as well, another notable mention there for this weekend. But is there any other fights from the weekend that kind of stood out to you, barring the top of the show fight? No, but I, I thought that the needy and Hovavisian fight was, was worthy of a quick chat with, because I actually thought in this fight, round 10, round 11, it was, it was, as you say, Sean, very competitive. And, you know, we, we've seen um, 
Hovisian down twice. He was down in the third and down in the tenth. And when he went down in the tenth, it almost looked like he's starting to go from exhaustion. But he came back and he, he started to dig some beautiful shots into the body, nearly. And you know they went back and forth, back and forth. But in that eleventh round where they stopped the, the fight, you know what I really did not like to see was the way that he was rocked back in his heels when um, he was getting hit with hooks. You know, nearly he started to tee off on him just at the the tail end of it. And if you watch the fight, also you'll see what. I mean, you know, he was rocked back in his heels and it was dangerous. And it made me think when, when I was watching it, you know, is this what people wanted to see last night from those extra seconds for Lee Wood? Because he was literally rocking back in his heels just as he got stopped. And you never want to see someone take shots like that. So while the fight was competitive, I thought the end was brutal. And uh, it was a really, really good win for Neary, ultimately. But as I say, it just made me think, yep, that stoppage by Ben Davison was was bang on last night because we do not want to see someone taking the the, the last three, four shots that Hovisian took in a British ring. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's a really good way to finish this show because we started it with the controversial talk of Ben Davidson's stoppage of the fight between Wood and Lara and we've ended the conversation on the Neary fight last night where it was too late really you know in terms of it being actually stopped it was too late and it made you wonder doesn't it like if this would have happened with Wood and Lara what could have happened and it's safety at the end of the day safety is paramount in this sport because we know how easily people can get these life-changing injuries so yeah it's a great way to to sort of end the show in terms of the way we've started the show and i've enjoyed going back and talking about this fight because it was a really good fight and i do want to see it run back because it was a great competitive contest and lee wood was just unlucky he got caught and that's the mantra of the sport sometimes it happens it really does happen and i think you've got to remember that you know these guys aren't superhuman you said they are superhuman but they, they are they are human they're going to get hurt they're going to get caught and lee wood even with his powers of recovery wasn't really fully able to to get back to where he needed to be albeit the referee was going to allow it to happen ben davidson made the right decision in our opinion looking back on the fight now if you guys listening completely disagree with that which i'm sure there's probably a few that do then just let us know why you think it should have carried on drop us a tweet at btr boxing pod on twitter or you can message us on the facebook page or on the post on facebook or even on the instagram post or even on the tiktok audiogram if you want to message on there and say actually i don't agree with this tell us why like tell us why you think a fighter's safety should be compromised for an extra 10 seconds. That That's the question I'll pose to you. Why do you think a fighter's safety should be compromised just for your entertainment? Because that's kind of what it boils down to, in my opinion. But I'm interested to hear what everybody else has to say on the fight. So, Chris, thank you for coming on. It's uh, been an enjoyable episode, and I hope everybody listening has enjoyed listening to our thoughts and feelings and opinions on the Wood versus Lara fight. Please make sure you do retweet and share and like across social media. And if you've not already subscribed to the podcast and this is your first listen, then find us at BTR Boxing Podcast on all available podcasting apps out there. If you want to follow Chris on social media, you can find him on Twitter at Boxing Blogger. You can find him there and find all these ramblings and all these conversations about fights like this across Twitter. Thank you very much again to Chris and thank you to everybody for listening to this episode. Chris will be back again this week to cover Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury, a controversial fight that is 
finally happening, albeit it doesn't get cancelled just before it again, but we're going to be back a little bit later this week to talk about Paul versus Fury. Thank you for listening, and we will see you later this week. Podcast Network.